0: Hi y'all, this is Anime Dgens here for episode 5. Today we'll cover the 7th Crunchyroll Anime Award winners, a new segment called What the d Watch. We'll also cover the new Attack on Titan episode 88, that released Friday, March 3rd. And lastly, we'll do our weekly rundown. Note that One Piece is on a break, and the Buddy Daddies episode this week was a recap. So we'll be focusing on My Hero Academia's episode 135, titled Friend. Now let's get to it, boys. Dan, you want to start us off with the Crunchyroll Award winners?
1: Yes, sir. So to start it off, since we had one show kind of sweep like three quarters of the categories, we're going to start off hot with Demon Slayer, who came in with Best Character Design, Best Animation, Best Director, Best Action, and Best Fantasy Anime. What do you guys think about that? Because that's kind of of crazy. Yeah, and I think
0: you know, one particular thing where I thought they, they should have won, you know, was uh, best character design. They killed it with Lord Tingen. My man, flashy as all hell. Uh, But it's he, surprising that they took so much at the same time.
2: You got that drip, bro. <laughs> you got that drip. Oh, yeah. On a regular basis.
1: <laughs> Definitely. And I think best animation, there's no questions there either. I mean, this show had such a ridiculous budget per episode. That they just went in every single episode, I mean, it's hard not to when you're almost a million dollars budget per episode, so uh, pretty crazy there, uh, best director, of course, best action that makes sense, but best fantasy really kind of threw me off. um yeah, it is a fantasy show, but I feel like there are other there are some other shows that could have taken that, Tyler. What do you think about that
2: yeah i was uh I was really hoping to see Mushiko Tinsa get that one. Um, the, you know, it was a very, very popular uh isekai um that came out last year. So, um, and it also, I think the second season or second part or something like that is coming out uh soon this year too. So, just disappointing that honestly. Um, but it's also crazy that uh, you said best animation and they're they're saying that the animation is going to be even better this next season, as we talked about in the last episode.
0: Yeah, I don't know how they're going to really go about doing that. I think it's already a beautiful blend of uh, like the CGI and the cell yeah. uh, fill styles. I mean, I just wonder what they're going to come out with next.
1: Hey, man, the more money you throw out it, the better it's going to get, dude.
2: Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> we'll see, awesome. I guess.
1: For sure. And then the last one I have is anime of the year for a show that I really enjoyed. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which is from Studio Trigger. It released on Netflix in September 2022. So kind of weird that it's in this year's Roll awards, but they do it from fall to fall, which is why you don't see any Bleach on here. You don't see Chainsaw Man, so we'll have to see those in the next series, but yeah,
2: That's why yes, Bleach sir. and Chainsaw didn't
1: run this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Demon Slayer was so fly sweep.
2: <laughs> Probably, man. And that is uh-huh. only on Netflix, right? Uh Cyberpunk?
1: Yeah, it's an uh-huh. Netflix show um and if you have Netflix, definitely check it out. It's like 10 episodes real quick, real quick. And it is a trip.
0: Is it a, the 10 episodes? Is it the complete story?
1: Yeah, it's a one one shot.
0: OK, that's good because I know Netflix likes to cancel shows again and again it's
1: a, and again. Dude, it's, so it's, a sa- it's a Saturday, man. You could you could finish the whole thing in a Saturday.
0: Cool. I'm going <laughs> to check that out here soon.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, so with me. I got the best continue, continuing series. I'll get it out here in a minute. It's uh, One Piece. Uh, the goat! Yeah. Goat piece! Are, are we really surprised about this, boys? Not
0: at all, man. I mean, <laughs> what's been going on? 20-some years, 24 years now? I think it is the best continuing anime. Uh, is, is there any others that you guys think could have stood the, uh, stood with
1: it? Dan? I mean, Demon Slayer is technically continuing, right? And everybody else seemed to vote for it, so see, I mean, they
0: they have enough.
1: They have enough awards. That would have been nuts. Porto,
2: you know.
0: Stop! Womp womp womp!
2: Stop! They got Some dinosaurs, bro. They got dinosaurs. Stop, dude! <laughs> the animation
1: and that is so bad.
2: Uh, so the next one is uh, Best Original Anime with which is uh Licorice Recall. Uh, best new series, Spy Family. I'd agree with that. That's that's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, it's pretty solid right there. Yeah, we all we all love them. Uh, best opening sequence, Attack on Titan final season part two, the rumbling, by Sim. Can't can't deny that. Um, best score, uh, AOT final season part two, Koda Yamamoto and Hiroyuki Sawano. Uh, also, the best ending sequence, uh, which was Spy Families, comedy by Jin Hoshino. That was a I fun actually, song. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I actually just got done listening to that before we hopped in here, guys. It's 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 pretty banger. And then the rumbling by Sim. I'm not usually a fan of street, uh, screamo bands, but Sim really did a, a bang up job and it fits
1: into the the feeling of the show so, so well. That song goes so hard, dude. I remember watching like the first episode of part two. And I was just like, we're in, boys. This is gas. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, guys. So
0: the ones I have is uh, best main character. That's AOT's Aaron Yeager. No surprise. Best supporting character, Spy Family's Anya Forger. Best girl. And yeah. an interesting category here, must protect at all cost <laughs> character.
2: Spy Family's Anya Forger. Of course. Have we, have we seen this category before? Or is this just something they made for Anya?
1: (laughs) No, I think they do it every year. I was kind of surprised with all the Demon Slayer that it wasn't Nezuko, honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah. I see that. She's probably gotten it at some point. We got to go back and check that. Um, Next, we have Best Comedy, which is Spy Family. Best Drama, AOT Final Season Part 2. And then finally, we have Best Romance. Kaguya-sama, Love... Is war. Have any of you guys seen that last one? Yeah, <laughs> you have. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, it's the best romance to you, my boy.
2: Uh, I mean, out of last season, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. It uh, uh, the fans got what they wished for at the very end. So, and especially with this movie that just came out, uh, I think on um, Valentine's Day, I believe it was. So, uh, I agree with that one. So, perfect, perfect.
1: Awesome. Well, that wraps up the Crunchyroll Anime Award winners. Uh, next up, we got a nice, chill, relaxing little segment because uh, I was on vacation, didn't have a lot of time to watch a lot of anime this week. So we're doing a little segment called What the d Watch. So this is kind of just what we watch in our free time. You know, we obviously have the list of shows that we're watching weekly. We're doing the first looks, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we all get into our own little shows in the side. So, to start, I'm going to hand that off to Tyler, who has been watching To Your Eternity.
2: Yes, sir. Uh, So, I've been, out of one of the many shows I watch, I got so many, um, I've been watching To Your Eternity, which is like a supernatural drama adventure type anime. Uh, It's basically about an orb that is cast to earth to be observed from afar, capable of changing forms from beings whose reflection it captures. It first becomes a rock, and then due to rising temperatures, a moss. Uh, it does not move until one snowy day. A wolf at death's door barely crosses by. When it takes the animal's form, it attains awareness and uh, its consciousness and starts to wander with an unclear destination in mind. Soon it comes across the wolf's master, a young boy, waiting for his tribe to return from a journey. Although the boy is lonely, he still hopes, uh those who whom he holds dear and his memories have not forgotten him, and that he will unite, reunite with him them one day. The boy wants to explore the new surroundings and decides to abandon his home with uh, the orb to find paradise, using traces his tribe left behind. However, with a heavily injured body and no sight of his elder comrades, what becomes of the boy and the orb that transform, transformed into the wolf so, this anime started back in 2021 with 20 episodes, and the second season is currently airing right now, and it's scheduled for uh, 20 episodes as well. Um, my first impressions of this show, um, you know, you basically start off with the main character, which is the orb that was sent down to Earth. Um, uh, so, it it it's hella interesting, because you're trying to figure out what you're actually watching, what's actually going on you don't really know at first and uh and after watching a lot of the first season my impressions kind of changed um it's still very interesting um obviously um it's all about the character development from the orb or who gets later named fushi um but this orb can only transform into things that he's seen live and die so this show um it also gets extremely sad as well because there's a lot of death early on and it also has a lot of action scenes as well. Um, it It's unique because it's about an orb and you don't know a lot about it and you're just watching it evolve as the show progresses. And with ev- each episode, Fushi is learning more and more about the world and you're learning more and more about Fushi and what he is. Um, the main things I really like about this show is like, The action scenes can be pretty gruesome. Um, It keeps it interesting. Uh, Also. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I also liked it the whole time I've watched. I still haven't figured everything out yet. And that Fushi keeps just keeps developing. Uh, They do such a good job with this aspect. Um, And he can't really die, really. So he's a immortal being um, as well. Um, So I got a question about that. So how does that come out? Like, in
0: the show, that he can't die. Like, how does that look?
2: Uh, so, whenever he dies, uh, his, but he's got a certain, uh, his body regenerates itself. And the more times he dies, the faster he actually regenerates, you learn.
0: Oh, Uh, Wolverine ass. Okay. Yeah,
2: so, and like I said, um, the only thing, uh, like, in order to take, transform into a new body he has to actually see it live and actually see it die and then he's able to transform into the last uh like the last uh time he's seen it that's the that's the shape that he transforms in so if it's like got its guts ripped open or something then obviously his guts are going to be ripped open when he transforms into it so interesting okay cool he keeps cool. the appearance as he last seen it so it's, gotcha. it's pretty interesting. Uh the only really thing I don't the only thing I really don't like about this show is it ends up being so damn sad, bro. Because you grow so close to some people and then they die and then you see Fushi react differently with each death depending on the relationship he had with them. It's just so sad. Uh so with that being said, this is like a must watch, I believe. Um unless you okay. cry easily and then you're probably gonna cry a lot, so <laughs>
0: gotcha Very uh, uh, interesting.
2: what about you Bass? what you got for us
0: so my anime that i've been watching on my free time is ranking of kings um this is definitely targeted towards like the shonen uh the shonen crowd right so shocker i mean <laughs> it's me well i mean it is what it is uh so ranking of kings takes place in a world where all the kings are ranked uh against each other in a numerical system from Strongest to weakest, Uh, Prince Boji, our main character, is the son of King Boss, big old boy, a highly ranked king that has fallen ill. Unlike his father, Boji is small, physically weak, and deaf. Um, It doesn't mention here he also cannot talk, but he's constantly overlooked by everyone around him, and he lives his days sporting a brave smile until he meets Kage, a shadow from the Thief Clan. Their chance in meeting creates a bond that jumpstarts Boji's dream of becoming the best king in the system. So guys, um, so kind of how this anime starts is we learn off the bat by Boji getting robbed that he can't talk, he can't hear anything. So he's really just pro- uh, processing the world uh, through sign language and just really observant of what, what's going on around him. Um, the main... Villain in this is his stepbrother, who eventually usurps him as king, Um, and he's being guided by this, what I would would call like a shadow mirror, uh, that's putting words in his, you know, uh, putting ideas in his uh, ear to take power, because he's easily manipulated. My favorite thing about the show, really, though, is, so it's kind of set in like a king's court. So a lot of people, some people like Boji, but don't think he should be king. Uh, some people are so respective of the previous king, King Boss, that even though they don't think he should be, he's fit for king, I mean, who would think that in the first place, right? Um, they still go along with trying to make Boji king be, out of respect for his father. And then there's some people that are openly against Boji becoming king because he can't talk, can't hear anybody, and he is physically weak. So even during the first episode, we kind of figure out that's not completely true. He he goes against his brother in a sparring match, and he can dodge really quickly. He hits him, but he can't land like a decisive blow. Um, And that kind of just sets up the rest of the story as he becomes physically stronger. He still has his nimbleness. But really what this show does is it highlights certain characters. It overlaps their different motivations with their loyalties. So it does a really good job of kind of just telling staying true to the individual characters. And then you get so invested in Boji, it becomes like emotional whenever he does something good or bad. I mean, I feel it in my chest. I get so emotionally like involved with the show and I saw a lot of people online felt the, felt the same way. Um, this is worth at least going to check out for a little bit and just to list off some things. Uh, this was made by Wit Studio who produced AOT seasons one through three. They produced uh, Spy Family in the first season of Vinland Saga. There's also some awards that this show has won. Um, the Galaxy Award, they won that in the, the month of March in 2022. Um, and the Galaxy Award, for you guys that don't know, over in Japan, that is like the highest honor for a TV show. So they have a winner each month, and then at the end of the year, they pick one of the 12. They didn't win, win it for the whole year, but just the fact that they thought that was the best thing on Japanese TV for a whole month, it says a lot about it. About it. And Boji won Best Boy. At the six uh, Crunchyroll Anime Awards, I mean, he's so freaking lovable, man. And some of the things I like about it is the art style, the music's good, and then I. So it took me a while to actually decide to watch this show. It was coming up on my Crunchyroll feed over and over and over for about a year, and the only reason I didn't watch it is because of the cover art. Me and Tyler talked about it before. Right, we talked about it before. It looks like a, a Western kids cartoon, and that kind of turned me off of, to it. It did me like as once well. Once you actually so get into it, what'd you say?
2: I say it did me as well, too. Right.
0: So, I mean, once you get past that, it's actually a really, really good story. There's a lot going on, and, like, the characters, they're their own people. They don't act in a tropey way. They have their own motivations, and, uh, I mean, that's all I'm going to say. I have a lot more I could say, but please go watch this. I don't think you'll regret it.
1: Dan? I was going to say, that's the exact reason I haven't watched that show, is that the cover <laughs> looks so stupid.
0: It does, man. It's actually really good, though. Yeah, so so y'all, I took the plunge, and, it, and it, it ended up being a good one.
2: So basically, y'all ignore the cover and just take our word for it. It's a good show. I've watched it, it all, so it's, it's good. So
1: Awesome. Well, I threw it back. Uh, I've been throwing it back lately, actually, with a rewatch of one of my go-to, like, late 2000s anime Soul Eater. So Soul Eater follows three teams of Meisters and weapons as they strive to become the strongest protectors of humanity at the Death Weapon Meister Academy which is founded by the fucking Grim Reaper dude. What? Lord Death. Yo! Okay. Gas! Okay. <laughs> uh, so basically the goal of each Meister is to turn their weapon partner into a Death Scythe and a Death Scythe is basically somebody worthy of being the Grim Reaper's weapon so they're goaded you know there's like maybe nine of them in the world uh oh wow basically to do that they have to eat 99 kishan souls a kishan is basically a human that is going bad like a baddie like one of the Keishans that you see in the beginning is like al capone oh okay (laughs) so this is like set in like modern times well i guess kind of (laughs) kind of it's really weird (laughs) okay okay and then they have to in just one witch soul, so that's how you become a dust scythe.
2: Okay,
1: uh, the show came out back in 2008, ran for 51 episodes. It's done, you know, it's nothing you gotta wait for. Big fan of that. Uh, I've probably watched the show, you know, probably three or four times now. Um, starting when I watched it back when it was first airing in 2008. So, you it's like super it? Super fun! I love it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's up there with some of my favorites. I mean, it's not like a top 10, but it's. It's quick, man. It's, you can bang out 50 episodes in a month. No problem. And, that, and that's really cool that it has so much rewatchability. I mean, you've
0: watched it three or four times. I can't say there's many shows I've done that to.
1: Well, it is, it is one of my favorite Mangaka's works. It's uh, Atsushi Okubo. He also does Fire Force.
0: Oh, okay. oh yeah. We so, talked about that before. Yeah, yeah.
1: there's a lot of similarities in the art style. Like They have the same moon. That skull you see everywhere in Fire Force. Mm-hmm. That's Lord Dust Mask.
0: <laughs> oh, shit.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, it, you know, he takes a lot of his work over. Um, the only the only kind of issue I have it was the ending. It leaves a bit to be desired. Uh, the whole show is about teamwork. In the end, they kind of get away from that. But uh, one of the things that makes this show really unique is the fact that instead of just following, like, three main characters, like, you know, Rudo, you got Team 7, all, like, the standard three-trio group. You yeah. have three trios of partners. So there's actually... Seven people total that you fall throughout the entire story. Pretty, you know, much the whole time. Uh, you got Maka and Soul, who is kind of the main character team. You got Black Star and Subaki, and then you have Kid, who is actually Kid or Death the Kid. He is Lord Death's son, mm-hmm. and his partner Liz and Patty, the Thompson sisters. There's some gangbangers from the street of streets of Brooklyn Ooh. that he finds. So his big quirk, quirky thing is that everything needs to be symmetrical so he'll be mid fight and notice something is like off and he'll stop to go fix it it's absolutely
0: hilarious <laughs> <'Cause> that's important. <laughs> wait a second guys I gotta go fix this talk about OCD <laughs> Dude,
1: there's, there's a whole scene where they're fighting like Anubis or something like that and in the beginning when he's in the sarcophagus it's perfectly symmetrical he can't do it and then the baddie comes out of the uh, sarcophagus and he doesn't match perfectly and the kid just goes off on it and fucks his day up <laughs> You're not symmetrical. Fuck off. It's really fun, dude. Uh, the okay, interaction between on. the characters is like between all the characters is just super fun. Uh, there's one character who is like the ultimate like comedic relief. Excalibur, the legendary sword. Who is comedic been, relief? He's only ever been wielded by two Meisters, King Arthur and some random weirdo at the school named Hero. So Excalibur has 1,000 provisions that must be met by his Meister. I took a couple of my favorites and put them down here. So number one, his morning must start off with a cup of coffee with cream. Number (laughs) number 58, never talk to me when I'm humming to myself. Number 75, celebrate Excalibur's birthday in a grand style. Excalibur thinks his birthday is every day.
2: Every day. Every day, <laughs> what bro. What? No wonder he's only had two people.
0: Sword. Jeez.
1: Number no, okay. two, 202. Only the grandest toilet is acceptable. So there's a scene where he, like, has to go on a journey to find this random little duck toilet in the woods. Wait.
2: Swords? <laughs> swords have toilets, bro?
1: So the Meisters are actually people that turn into a sword or a weapon oh, or a scythe okay, or or okay. Yes. So, like, Baka and Soul. Soul's a human, but he turns into a scythe.
2: I got gotcha. you.
1: Blackstar, oh. Blackstar is like a ninja. And then Tsubaki is like can turn into like 15 different weapons.
0: OK, because I was thinking talking sword and like you can get away with like maybe the coffee and the humming. No, 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 no. Once no, no. you got the toilet, I was like, yo, what the fuck's going
1: on? When, when we're done, <laughs> look at my picture of Excalibur, dude. It's okay, a treat. Man. And Liz and Patty turn into twin pistols. So they help kid get past the fact that he needs to be symmetrical. Which is why he has two partners. Oh, perfect. Good for him. That makes sense. Okay. Number 452. You must attend the five-hour storytelling party daily. So Excalibur goes off on a five-hour rant every day to these people. Oh, no. (laughs) And it's all nonsense, dude. The stories make zero sense. It's fucking hilarious. Everybody hates this guy. He's well, like I, would, I would assume
0: ever. so like this is very very high maintenance
1: that is the most important of the 1000 provisions okay and then number 573 is you always must walk three steps behind me
0: what a fuck boy <laughs> no nah, this, this is a straight up fuck boy oh, right you here.
1: gotta watch it though because his powers are fucking insane dude like nobody <laughs> can touch him at all so he's the ultimate weapon.
2: With, with that one, with that last one being said, so are they actually people, but they turn into swords at will? Is that yeah, what you're exactly? Saying? Basically, okay.
1: they're people you. that turn into weapons to fight Kishans and witches. Okay. I got you. But yeah, Excalibur is fucking hilarious, dude. He's got his whole theme song. It's obnoxious as all hell. Everybody <laughs> hates him. <laughs> so, so he's like,
0: of- he's super powerful. Probably yeah. the most powerful. There's a thousand provisions. We're talking, guys. But he's extremely high maintenance. So there's a massive drawback
1: and annoying, incredibly annoying. That's why
2: there's only uh, two people that's ever used him, I guess. So, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, It's all coming
1: together for me now.
2: (laughs) He's like one of those
1: characters that like, it's just so funny to watch, but yeah, I mean, the only thing I really disliked about this show is the endings kind of, kind of whack. You know, I just talked about teams the whole time and in the end, it gets away from teamwork, which is kind of, kind of lame, but I don't want to spoil it. So,
0: Great show
2: otherwise, though. Perfect.
1: All right. Awesome. uh, What do you got, Tyler?
2: So my next show on the list is called Fruits Baskets, which uh, for all y'all romantic uh, fans out there, uh, this is a romantic drama. It's the remake as well um, of the original Fruits Baskets, and it uh, tells the story of Toru Honda, An orphan girl who after meeting Yuki Kyo and Shigure Sama learned that 13 members of the Soma family are possessed by the animals of the Chinese Zodiac and are cursed to turn into their animal forms when they are weak, stressed, or when they are embraced, hugged by anyone of the opposite sex who is not possessed by a spirit of the Zodiac.
1: Is this some furry shit?
2: Sounds like some furry uh, shit to
1: me. This, I, I, I'm I'm put, taking this right off my list, dude. <laughs> this is <some> furry shit. <laughs> no, no.
2: So it's it's not really like that. So it's actually more. It's got more depth in it than if you think like it's pretty deep. So, um, the start date of this show, I think it was back in uh 2019, um, which like I said, it was a remake of the original one from 2001. Uh, there's like a total of, uh, 63 episodes and a movie, um, three over three seasons, I believe. Um, the first impressions of this show, uh, it was actually a little slow starting off. Um, I actually quit watching it, uh, when I first started uh, a long time ago, not cause it was boring, just because it was like a very slow start. And I just started watching one piece at a time as well. So that could be a thing, um, uh, but now, I think I'm like halfway through the second season, uh, more than halfway probably. Uh, I can say this is one of my favorite uh, romance anime. Um, the reason why this show is unique, it's uh, it's like your traditional love triangle, but like mentioned in the summary earlier, the Suma family members turn into animals from the Chinese Zodiac signs whenever they're hugged, opposite sex, weak, stressed, whatever. Uh, so... Uh, And their family also has, like, a certain guideline of how they should live and do things. They're, like, a very prestigious family or something like that. And uh, Toru is the, you know, female main character. And uh, her father died when she was very young, and her mother died very recently, leaving her basically like an orphan living out of a tent. Um, She's, like, a selfless uh, human being who... uh, tries to make everyone else uh needs come before hers, kinda. Uh, but she soon moves in with some of the Suma family, including the other two male uh male main characters, Kiyu and Yuki. Uh so I basically like everything about this show and uh I can't really get into a lot of the details because it would be hella spoilers um everywhere. So I'll just say that this is one of my favorite romance shows and that it is in my top 10, even though I'm just a little over halfway through the whole, you know, show. Uh, The plot is enough to make it interesting, even without the romance aspects, um, because it is very deep uh, with the Soma family and stuff. So
0: I I have a question. Yeah. So. Does one person from the Soma family, family always turn into one Zodiac? Animal. Yeah,
2: so like there's a cat spirit, uh rat spirit. Tiger, uh, all that stuff. You know, stuff. all the that Zodiac, Zodiac rat signs. rat girl, so. dude. Well, actually, the rat is one of the, it's, it's actually uh, Yuki. It was the rat.
1: She, she's a, so she's a batty rat? No, he, he, it's a he. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, so, but he's
2: one of the more prestigious members of the family. Uh, there's one that's cursed, and it's actually the cat, uh, which is Kiyu. So. Poor kitty. Um, he's, like, treated, like, worse than dirt, um, and he's basically cursed, pretty much, uh, so, and that kind of plays into the story, you know, Toru tries to take it upon herself to try to, uh, kind of fix the family, kind of, um, but they don't want to be fixed, and stuff like that, and, like I said, Toru, Kiyu, and Yuki, Kiyu and Yuki kind of like Toru, and Toru... Kind of likes them too, but sometimes she'll have to choose you know, which one, basically. uh, Your standard love triangle, so um, it's actually surprising which one she does choose uh, later on down the road. Um, Okay. The only thing I don't like about this show is, like I said before, was the fact that it took so long in the beginning to actually start progressing. It was a very slow start, Um, but I'm excited to finish this up because as I mentioned as well, it's, it's in my top 10 already. So, All right. Perfect. But, yeah, that's all, that's all for me. Cool. So, guys, you, you will recognize this from
0: a couple of episodes that we've done. And it was actually during our uh, showdown that Tyler recommended ReZero to us. We all watched the first few episodes, but since I've gotten 100% hooked, not going to bore you with a long synopsis, but I will remind you that the main character is Subaru Natsuki. Uh, He's a, sh- a shut-in that got transported to a different world, and his one power is returned by death. Each time he dies, he returns to his last checkpoint and has to relive his life. So initially, I started this off, you know, the first, I watched the first three or four episodes, and I said, hey, maybe it's a, it's a low seven, high six kind of vibe. It was like okay to me. But man, I think I'm 11 or 12 episodes deep and it's it's a hanging eight right now for me it got so much better um and kind of my initial thoughts and worries about the show was there was some annoying characters like felt but since since like the fourth or fifth episode she's gone thank god couldn't stand her she's
1: back, she's back dude don't don't worry she's back no, oh, no. <laughs>
0: It just dropped
2: down to a five, bro.
0: Yeah, yep. it's, it's, it's a solid five now, guys. And uh, so another thing that I was worried about was how repetitive the first four or five episodes were. Um, but that was really because he didn't understand his power yet and the control he has to exert over his own situations. He learns about it. He adapts to it. And when he's hanging out in the mansion going forward, he has some, still has some trouble moving forward in the story and going back to the checkpoint. But he takes such different approaches. I mean, it's so good. And, he, and you get invested in the other characters, even though they are, uh, they do get restarted every time. I'm emotionally invested in some of the characters. It's a 50 episode anime so far. So it's a pretty quick watch. This is something you can take care of in a few days if you really, really get after it.
1: A few uh, days. A oh, few days.
0: <laughs> um, but it's just like there's so much depth into what super has to find out who killed him. He sometimes he doesn't even know. It's not like he's always awake when he dies even. Um, but it, it took care of all of my concerns about the show. Not going to bore you guys with beating the dead horse or anything like that, but it's a, it's an eight for me. Now I've been watching it almost every night for the last like week. It's been phenomenal.
2: So I got a question for you. Uh, important question. Uh, who's, uh, who's top girl out of the three oh man who is
1: it ram bro no question oh wow he got me
0: too he pegged me (laughs) he pegged me on that one so yeah it's rim for me i really enjoy it and so a mark of a good show um for me is like you watch it and it's like where did the time go so episodes seven and eight i watched seven and i was like that couldn't have been more than five minutes it was amazing man it was amazing and I,
2: and I told y'all that Amelia, y'all was worried about Amelia being like uh, your, you know, trope, uh, normal trope. But I was like, you know, they do a very good job at all the side characters um, being, you know, pushed up. So,
0: Yes. And I mean, that kind of is one of the reasons I really like One Piece is because all the villains, the side characters, they get, all get their own little backstory. And it looks like ReZero is doing the same
2: thing. Hopefully it's a nine plus for you in the future. So,
1: dude, I'm going <laughs> to keep watching it. I will let you know. Nah, man. Super is annoying as all hell. That's my oh, nice. no. that's my only take on it. Fuck that guy. Oh no. Weirdo. Oh,
0: no. I mean, I liked him. He, he started acting for himself. Um, he is a, he's a fucking weirdo. But he started I can't doing watch some things himself. So Dude, I, like I can't
1: watch more than like three or four episodes. of him. I'm like, not this dude's cringe, man. Oh uh,
0: man. He is, he, he really is. <laughs> I, I've gotten past it for the most part though.
1: Awesome. And uh, I can do my last show that I just started watching really quick. So I actually just started watching mobile suit and Gundam seeds. So to set the scene, it's Gundam. There's a war okay. between earth and space. Surprise, Some Some random kid. Kira Yamato, somehow gets sucked into this and he gets to pilot a Gundam. The end. i'm only only two episodes in man so i'm I'm hyped because you're liking it i love gundam and i'm getting more giant space robot battles. so we're here for it baby yes sir gundam's fucking awesome but uh one of the best things about this so far is they went back to like the classic zaku designs so yeah they're they're called jins i think in this but like they're classic zaku's man and the gundam styles are awesome too and the animation's been crisp uh, I'm watching the remaster that got re-released in 2012, so it looks good. But yeah. uh, I'm really excited to see how it progresses, man. So uh, more to come on that. I'll post in the Discord. Join right that. On. Yeah, join
2: join our Discord. Yeah. Uh, so if that's all for that, y'all want to move on to the weekly rundown this week?
1: Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's knock
2: it out. Alrighty. So you know this week on. Uh, uh we don't have a one piece or baddie, Buddy Daddy's episode. Daddy this, Daddies. Yeah, bad. the we're gonna daddies. Just, we're just gonna start baddie calling it Baddie Daddies, so we don't have a one piece or Baddy daddies episode this week.
1: I mean they are they are bad. They yeah, they, are, they, yeah, are they are some
2: they good are. looking guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh one piece is on like a two week break, I believe, and then Buddy Daddies, they released a recap episode, um, unfortunately. So But we do have the new Attack on Titan episode 88 and also My Hero Academia 135, which are both, you know, pretty good shows. Uh, And y'all know the drill. Uh, There will be spoilers for both shows. So if you haven't seen them yet, now's your chance to pause the podcast and go watch them. Uh, While we wait, we do have some Attack on Titan news as well. The second and last episode of this final part was confirmed to air during this fall anime season. So, yeah. Uh, Now, if y'all are ready, let's get started with the rundown with Attack on Titan episode 88 titled The Final Chapters Special 1. Uh, this what a time, lame
1: name yeah it I,
2: really is i was expecting more from this honestly but we <laughs> yeah, when i
0: was putting together our outline i was like there's got to be an actual name to this and it was just that no. I was like, okay whatever when i nope.
2: when i was trying to find it in Crunchyroll, i'm like is this it this is a weird name i was like okay <laughs> whatever it's an hour long i guess this is it so but yeah So the summary of this, basically, uh, the fate of the world hangs in the balance as Eren unleashes the ultimate power of the Titans, the Rumbling, uh, with a burning determination to eliminate all who threaten Eldia, he leads an unstoppable army of colossal Titans towards Marley. Now a motley crew of his former comrades and enemies, they scramble to halt his deadly mission. The only question is, can they stop him? So guys, we've been waiting a long time for this episode. I think about a year, right?
0: Oh, yes, sir. So, <laughs> AOT episode 87 came out on April 3rd, 2022. So, we pretty much waited 11 months to the day. Almost now a I'm year. Thro- yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm going to go ahead and go into my little angry rant about how long we've been waiting and how long this has been going on. Dan said it on our first episode and I'm going back to it. I'm not done. (laughs) So AOT, the final season started December 7th, 2020. It will end in fall 2023. That is three full years for a season. Now I will start by saying I did enjoy this, uh, this part one of the two or three parts of this last season. This hour alone episode, I think if it was part of a regular season, if it was two episodes, a part of a regular final season, I would have been fine. But to have to wait 11 months and half of it is not really any action. It's talking, important talking, I will say. But it felt underwhelming to have to wait 11 months for this. Did anybody else feel the same way?
1: Uh, I'm going to say no, because I mean, so I've read Attack on Titan and sure. I knew what was coming. Um, mm-hmm. But the conversations and everything that happened are so important for the next part that it had to happen. Like, you can't go oh, around sure. that. Um, And there was a good bit of action, too. I mean, it started off with the rumbling and just watching people get fucking trampled by colossal titans. Like, yeah, I was f- fired up dude i was like yes we've been waiting for this we've been waiting for the rumbling we've been waiting for an army of Aaron controlled titans whose only job is to walk
0: trample them all yes yes. just kick
1: shit walk stomp everything and just go on your day dude that's it
0: yes sir yeah i I just thought it was hard to go from that level of hype like i was already hyped waiting for this and then it kind of just stepped back and i was like okay so Wait a second.
2: Do you think it would have been better if they, instead of like uh, they calling it the fourth and final season or whatever? Do you think it would be better if they would have just went like season five, six, seven or whatever instead of parts?
0: I would have liked that personally. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I'm getting drip fed at this point. Just give me what you got. And and I think MAPA's been criticized for this before. I was looking into it before we started the, tonight's episode is they they kind of have bad timing on getting new anime out and new seasons uh, because they take on so much and you know i can't really fault the animators or you know the people uh in the studio working on the projects for it because they got a lot on their plate it's i think that kind of more comes up to management but it is still mappa's fault as a whole
2: i were just gonna say blame us for watching it
0: i yeah. got to i'm too involved
1: yeah there, there are a lot of things with that though. i mean a lot of anime in japan are still going on hiatuses everything because of covid out there like yes sir there's a lot of um external factors on this and Mapa said it was going to take a while because they wanted to really do this justice and frankly i think the animation of this episode was god tier you know this it, is oh it was a plus 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 s tier so- so I was okay waiting for it. I also know what happened, so I'm not dying like you guys are <laughs> to figure out what goes on in the end. You know, yeah, but...
2: I, I actually enjoyed this episode. Um, so I, I thought every, everything that happened, you know, like that Dan was saying, um, it's it's pretty it's pretty substantial. I mean, we gotta we gotta we gotta live through this first part in order to see the second part because I'm sure the second part is gonna be like it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. So, it's gonna sure. be not, but yeah. bad in a good way, I think. Oh, so.
1: it's it's gonna be like oh, forty five minutes of action. Yeah, so <laughs>
2: Bet, that's what I want to hear right there,
1: and like fifteen <laughs> minutes of like the coming down off the peak. Yeah, so of classic okay. storytelling. So okay. we're working our way to the precipice. Don't worry, boys. Very good. Yeah, I didn't dislike the episode, um,
0: but I just had to I had to critique that. I think a lot <laughs> of people feel that way. Um, but speaking of these Titans just walking. I, you know, Dan wasn't because he's read the manga, but Tyler, were you kind of surprised at how like dumb and kind of like dronish they were? They didn't really act to anything around them.
2: Uh, so like, I get it. Um, like Aaron is controlling them, obviously. Right. So they're only listening to what he's saying basically. And his goal is obviously to like Dan said, trample and just walk in a straight line, basically. But the only thing that really bothered me about this is that they're literally like, um, like knocking over walls, stepping on towers, stepping on, you know, buildings, tall buildings mm-hmm. and shit. But then, the, you know, um, uh, t- some titans fall or whatever due to Hanji and stuff. And they, they actually started like falling like dominoes because they're stepping on them like, what? See, like these th- dudes, that's what I these mean. Yeah, I just thought like, it was kind of funny. These dudes are like stepping on buildings and towers and kicking over walls and shit, and y'all gonna fall because you stepped on a titan? Like, what's up with that? I
0: don't know. I guess so. that's their one weakness, other titans.
2: But that's that's the only complaint I have about that, really, is that was uh, such a, you know, um, I didn't expect that to happen, but I guess for the plot, you know, but yep yep and
0: they were like falling down the mountains coming towards like yeah. the uh that little cove that the airship was sitting in. i was like this is these motherfuckers dumb as hell
1: <laughs> i forgot what i saw i saw it somewhere on twitter but somebody took that scene and uh they put it to like one of the original attack on titan like songs is like if i fall will you something like that And it was yeah <laughs> i was crying i was crying i was like oh my god this is so funny." <laughs> What would you guys think about uh, before the rumbling, before we saw actually how much carnage these Colossal Titans are doing? What would you guys think about the scene at the very beginning with Aaron and the little, um, I guess, refugee boy? He's watching him get beat up in the alleyway okay. and decides not to help him because in the end, he knows that he's going to murder him and everyone. Yeah, I mean. What interesting you guys think about that when he carried him up the hill and just basically has like a total meltdown because of his guilt of what's about to happen?
0: Um, so I, I didn't realize he had so much guilt in his heart and that was actually really good to see. Um, but it, it kind of explored where he was in doing this. It's something he feels like he has to do, but he doesn't actually want to do it. He still understands that he's killing people. He's going to, he's trying to kill the whole world outside of his, his, his own people. And to see that weigh on him and him to, you know, cry tears and just be yelling, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. This has to be done. But I, I think that him having that conflict, it just kind of tells you where he thinks him and his people are. But before I go forward, what, what's your thoughts, Tyler?
2: Well, you know, I, I'm, I think that we – it's good that we've seen that too. But I think that, uh, like Dan said um, – he said that he wasn't going to save... He said that it doesn't make sense to save him or whatever, but he actually does save him because that's the Aaron we knew, we know. And I'm glad to see that that Aaron's still there. And I felt like we needed to see this as well because if not, then Aaron is just like a psychopath that just, uh, you know, he basically commits genocide for just the hell of it, so... We actually so, say that he's a human still and still Aaron. So, so Mikasa
0: has asked her question, this question to herself before, and I don't want to I want to know your thoughts on it, Tyler. Um, she asked herself something along the lines of um, has Aaron always been this way or did he become this way? What what you saying? We sell this side of Aaron. My personal belief is that he's always been like this. Um, his determination his when he gets his back against the wall he's he'll bite and claw you, and I think it's just him with more power what are what are your thoughts
2: well, like you know aaron he's he's doing this he, he's doing all this because he wants to save his friends and all the people he knows, and he's always been like that, i believe and uh yeah, I mean he's doing it uh a a roundabout way, but
1: roundabout, it, Bro, well, it's mass well, genocide,
0: well, dog. That's yeah, not I mean, the right word round, for it. That's no, no, just no. very, like, very direct.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's doing it in the, I, uh, he's doing it in a much different way than, um uh, most people would do. So, uh, right. yeah, um, but I don't, there's not a whole lot of options, um, for him, um, to save his friends right now. I mean, yeah, they could have went with Zeke's plan, you know, just to euthan- you know uh, euthanize everyone, um, all the Eldians. But would that w- really have saved him from like Marley and stuff? So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, the key the key thing with this is that you look at it and um, you know, they talk about doing a mini rumbling, like saying just taking down the port in Marley with the like um alliance between all the nations to t- attack Parody, but right. In the end, that's not going to save them forever. That's not going to save his home forever. Um, one thing you got to remember too is the Attack Titan has the ability to transcend users and see in the past and in the future of everything that's going to happen. So Aaron has seen this scenario and he knows that this is what he needs to do to save his people. Do we I we don't know how it's going to end at this point, but this is the path that was shown to him and that he needs to go through with. So that's just one thing to think about that too. I mean. In the end, I mean, if you're in Aaron's shoes, would you rather watch your friends and family in even their children, future children, stuff like that, still just keep this cycle of violence going on in forever, or would you rather just put it to an end in the most gruesome way you possibly could, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, because, I mean, before they went on that island, they were subjugating people for, what, 2,000 years or something like that? Uh, He's just just trying to stop it all, which kind of still leaves me on his side because I feel like the rest of the world is kind of fucked around and found out, right? Um, they, they were hatching up a plan to invade the island and, and Aaron was like, you know, I wanted to come over here and kind of just see what was going on in the rest of the world, but he found out everybody hates them and wants to kill them. So I'm st- still kind of on his side, not about the way he's doing it, but the thought of it,
2: right?
1: Um, yeah there's there's never a uh, solution where mass genocide is the right answer no, right no. right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I, and like I said I think Aaron's the same person he's just uh, has the tools to be this extreme now to save his friends and this matter uh, so but like Dan said mass genocide is obviously never the answer um <laughs> We learn about it in all the history books of any uh, country. So, yeah,
1: yes, sir. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the parallels between Marley and Nazi Germany through all of this are just terrifying. And it's really kind of crazy to see that it's kind of flipped the script on who's pulling off the, uh, the mass murder vibes, you know, because Mm. in history, it's always been the stronger party and it's never been the weaker party that is oppressed coming out and stomping everybody with you know a hundred thousand colossal titans zooming around the world so it's just interesting to see that perspective of it they, but um they didn't you know, have the
2: jaeger brothers
1: <laughs> but it's, it's just it's just one of those things man where like you know you think about it and you know they always called it the Eldian problem and like i that that just those words never sat well with me you know like you can't call an entire race of people a problem no man problem. yeah and there's there's just no clear-cut way for a good answer to this. I mean, Zeke's plan was to basically take away the reproductive abilities of an entire race of people so they die is, off, which is just delayed genocide.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's the same thing.
2: And that's and, and that basically doesn't like protect them either. Like Marley could still attack them, you know, even after the uh the um uh, Zeke's plan so right which they probably would yeah they, I mean they was going to regardless so
1: That's yeah and I mean saying? a mini a mini rumbling doesn't work either because as we've clearly seen the rest of the world is developing better anti-titan weapons and stuff like that so oh you, you cripple them for a hundred years they're gonna come back with nukes next time essentially you know like right they're gonna be ready
0: gonna, I mean especially somebody their whole you know half the world gets killed or whatever it would be it's like, yeah, we have to make sure that's not going to happen, so we're going to find a solution to that specific problem, and we're going to be freaking good at it.
1: Definitely. I mean, this, is, this was a gruesome episode with the amount of death we saw. Um, I mean, I, I, don't think, I still don't think Attack on Titan is even airing in China right now because it is censored. It won't do it. Oh, wow, I did not know that at all. Yeah, they, a few years ago, they decided it, just, it wasn't okay. There's a couple other anime on that list. I know Tokyo Ghoul Season 2 isn't in China. There's a few others, but... This episode really just takes it to the next level with the extreme violence. So yes. sorry to any of our Chinese listeners. Uh, this part for you is kind of useless. Unless you pirate it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would recommend,
1: uh, I'd yeah. recommend a VPN.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd recommend some and y- y'all need to watch this. So I'm sure they can figure it out.
0: Um, and, and to your point with that gruesome killings, you, you don't, really see many animated shows or really shows movies in general show children dying and they did it in the worst way in this one, which I thought was crazy um, to go across that line. It, I think they're just really trying to put it in your face. Like this is wrong. This is terribly, terribly wrong. And I thought that was necessary in a way, but yeah. it, you just don't really see many people go there. And I thought that was really, really interesting.
2: And like you said, I don't think they're trying to glorify it either, which uh, no. would be an issue if they was. Uh, they're like, you know, trying to make it seem, you know, the worst thing possible. So, um, but yeah, I'm 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 actually surprised that there's some places I, uh, you know, refusing to show it. But I get it, I guess.
1: So definitely. In the, in this episode too, we saw one of our. Well, one of my favorite characters in Hanji, you know, she basically goes out in the blaze of glory she's always wanted. But right before that, you see her have like an interaction with Levi, and Levi for the first time says, "Devote your heart." The old, sinjo sessageo, which mm-hmm. you know, the classic AOT line. You know, it's in every song there was. Um, yes, 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 What did you guys think of that interaction before Hanji goes on her uh, blaze of glory moment, and you know delays the rumbling?
0: Um, so yeah, like you said, we had never heard Levi say those words to someone. And as much as it's said throughout the show, and like you said it, even in all the openings, um, I think that just shows how much gravity this moment has. What their mission is, is so important to the survival of humanity in mass that he's like, Hey, we got to put it all on the line here, Hanji, make it happen. And he just says that to inspire her. And the fact that he only said it one time. She knows, you know. I got to go do this. I got to put go put on my big girl pants, and she went out in a blaze of glory. Mm-hmm. That's one of that was one of my favorite, you know, moments out of the entire show. Her sacrifice was a, immense. It was Tyler. You have any thoughts about
2: it? Um, I I think that um, you you know, like Levi, obviously, like I say, he's never seen it before or said it before. Um, but I think it's more along the lines that um he's the one that was always doing something like Hanji was th- fixing to do. Like he, he never did really trust anybody else to do something like that. So he was the one that done it. Uh, but this time he knew that, uh, he had a bigger role to play. Um, so to speak, he's kind of hurt as well a little bit, but I think that Levi has that grit in him, you know, that, in, uh, to push past his limits, uh, and uh, still get, get it done, you know, even though it's hurt, you, so. Yeah, you
1: had to work that one in here, huh? <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't
1: lost last on us, dog. <laughs> I, uh, I took it a very different way than you guys did, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, Levi and Hanji, they go way back. You know, they've been in the scout regiment probably together for close to 20 years. Um, and there's been foreshadowing that there's, you know, they are the Ooh. two sides of the same coin, you know. They always have each other's back, and I really think that was more of like an unconditional love, like him acknowledging her in that sense. Uh, I don't, I don't mean necessarily romantic or like a brother kind of sister kind of thing, but like just they've been through so much together, and I think that was him acknowledging that you know if this is how she wants to go. He supports her, and yeah, um, yeah. and that's, that's a good take, I think, man.
2: That's kind that's of what, really that's take. kind of what I thought as well. I thought that that's what she wanted to hear, and I think that's what Levi. Uh, he knew that she wanted to hear something along those lines as well so
1: yeah I mean there's even a scene earlier in season 4 I can't remember which episode where um it's after Hanji saves Levi from Floke and all those assholes um, when they jump in the river yeah. there's a scene down the line after that where he's she says basically like, yeah hey, we should just you know build a house in the woods and live together kind of thing <laughs> so I think there's a little something there you know a little hey, something hey, something
2: hey, hey. <laughs> okay okay Hanji, Hanji's uh, she's not she's not bad. She's missing that eye, but she's not bad. Oh, so. <laughs> <That old>
1: Cyclops! <laughs> I mean, hey man, it's Short King season. Give Levi is, a break here. He is, Get
0: he away again, huh? Levi's goaded. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit!
1: <clears throat> awesome. And then yeah, just after I mean after she you know delays the rumbling by going beast mode on these colossal titans. What would you guys think of the scene after she finally goes out in a literal blaze of glory? From the Titans team. Yeah. And um, it goes on, shows her and Erwin and all these survey Corp members previous kind of looking on at what's going on. What'd you guys think of that scene?
2: Uh, I'll
0: let you go first on this one.
2: I got gotcha. you. So I thought it was uh pretty interesting because uh, like she, she asked, I think she asked Levi uh, what, what, do you think that they you think they're looking down upon us and you think they're proud of us or something like that so it's it's fun to get to actually see some of these you know past uh people uh that we looked up to um and see them uh i guess welcome hanj hanji into uh, i guess that would be called like a purgatory type thing so um But yeah, I thought it was pretty neat, honestly. So, yeah, um, I think it
0: also grounded the show. I think when you're watching a show that's that's, this long, that's been going over, going on for so many years, it's easy to forget about you know the kind of the people that you've lost along the way, and just to have them show back up and say, "Hey, we're here. We're watching. We can see you trying. Keep going. Go, 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 go." Um, I know that meant a lot to Hanji. And, and, it, and it means a lot to me. It's not lost on me, in a, you know, in a way. And just knowing that they're not just, you know, dead. Yeah. They'll be welcomed to, with open arms with each sacrifice. Adds even more to their deaths to me.
2: And she, like, looked up to these people, too, like Erwin and them, so.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, for the few, uh, through the first few seasons and even now, they're, they're always talking about, it, you know, do not let your comrades die in vain. Yeah. And it's good that they're respecting them because they can actually see them. What was your thoughts on it, Dan?
1: Yeah, I, I, it was a really touching scene. Um, my only kind of thing was, that, you know, when I was reading the manga, the same thing, I was like, eh, hey, it's cool, but it doesn't really add much to the story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, good, it's a good feel-good kind of moment, but it doesn't push the story further anymore. But um, I don't know. It was interesting to see Erwin was the first person to reach a hand out to her and welcome welcome Mahanji to the other side, I guess, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that, that was freaking awesome. He
2: that goat though, I always loved watching him. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, the one who they potentially should have saved instead of Armin with the, yeah. uh, with the spinal fluid back in was that season three.
2: Uh, is it? I it think it was. So I, I can't remember which which what season is it? it is. I think it was season three. It was
1: it was before. It, yeah, it was before they basically reclaimed the entire island. I think so. Huh. Yeah, like the, yeah, I think it was season three, but. Speaking of our boy Armin, we got some exciting news about him. He is now the fifteenth commander of the Survey Corps. Yeah, it, it, fuck it, good for him, man. Good Honestly, for him. Armin deserves it, it, right?
0: Yeah, man's been. Excuse me, he man's been through a lot, and uh, I think he's the right person for the job. Um, one thing that I thought was weird that they were still willing to just talk it through with Aaron, even you know, as he's murdering tens of thousands of people. Um, but during our watch party, um, some, you know, we guys, for your reference, we do watch parties for some of these shows in our discord. Another reason to come join us over there along with some good conversations. Um, one of our listeners said that Armin gives her Manamuske vibes from one piece. Does,
1: does anybody <laughs> see that or agree with that at all? I absolutely hated that take. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Bales. <laughs> all her out. Okay. Sorry, Bales. Uh, Herman, like, is not a pussy at all. He just tries to find the least violent solution there is. (laughs) I mean, the man is the colossal titan, has literally killed hundreds of people. The man took a battleship and flipped it over. Like, he's not, he's not Momo. Not by any means. But
0: I, 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 um, so I ended up re watching because I did watch it during the watch party. I ended up watching it myself so I could take notes. And I was I was looking for some comparisons. I was trying to figure out, you know, where Bells was with that. And he's a little whiny at times, but that's the best I could do with it. You know what I'm saying? But he's like you said he's he's taking lives. He's been out here earning his stripes like everybody else. Definitely. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe like go back to season one when he's just like <laughs> a kid. Sure. Yeah, that, that, that that's more fitting. But no kid is gonna handle that situation unless you're. Aaron Yeager yeah. thing. Come on.
2: <laughs> Low key
1: psychopath.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I, I kind of, I disagree with it as well. I know that Armin's always been kind of like soft, you know, but he's never been a coward and Momo, you know, he's a coward, you know, m- most of the time. So uh, that's a great
0: distinction actually. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but Armin on the other hand, he does what needs to be done. Uh, that's why Hanji gave him the leadership role. Uh, he just really tries to find another way instead of violence and killing. That's that's what, uh, I guess, that's another reason why Hanji gave him the leadership role. Because he always looks for other options no matter what. And especially when it comes to his friends, as we've seen over and over again when it comes to uh He's always looking to try to talk him back to save him. You know, that's what Aaron's trying to do to him and all his friends. Trying to save him. So, why not arm and try to do it to him? So, I don't know.
0: Yes, um, one thing I wanted to make sure we talked about, which I thought was really cool, because it kind of like encapsulate what AOT is, uh, at least the characters. So when Armin is talking to Annie on the ship, I believe, either start of the episode, um, after we get through the rumbling scenes, Annie says he's a good person, and then Armin replies he doesn't like the phrase "good person." He's had to kill his comrades, his friends, and and many, many, many other people. Um, there's, I don't think there's a lot of shows, TV, TV, uh, TV series or even movies that have so many characters, but nobody's hands are clean. Is that something you guys like about this show? Does it, does it add a little complexity not having like a, you know, knight in shining armor, hands clean kind of character?
1: yeah definitely i think attack on titan does a really good job kind of living in the gray area of humanity you know everybody's mm-hmm. fighting for what they believe isn't right and on both sides of the coin between either marley or the Eldians. i mean it's it's all everybody's got blood of their hands just like you're saying and they do a fantastic job kind of living in that gray realm where there's no good and there's technically like there's no evil you know in the end of it everybody's doing something for what they believe is right Right yeah, that's something I really enjoy
2: and i I also think like um another reason why Armin doesn't really like the the that uh good person phrase um I think it's got something to do with the fact that he can't call himself a good person anymore after all the things that he's done, um and he hates being reminded of what he's actually done in the past, uh especially like since he's been the colossal titan, so. I think that he really hates uh, being reminded of uh, his bad deeds. So
0: Yes. And during this episode, we see how many people have all that guilt on their mind. Yeah. And, you know, that's part of, I'm sure that's part of the reason why they want to stop this. It's like, hey, we've all been killing each other so, so much. This is too far. This is too far. And I typically don't like shows or movies that have like a clear black and white So. Everything in AOT being in the gray is, is phenomenal for me personally, um, because when it's really black and white, I usually end up siding with the villains, you know, take that for what it is. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's it, I think it's, they do a really good job of it. And that's why it's, I've stuck with it, even though I'm a little teed off about this, this final season.
1: Definitely. And, and I guess. Um, oh, go for it, Tyler. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to move on. So, oh, okay, yeah, go yeah. for it.
2: Uh, no, I was just, uh, I was just going to say like, uh, and, you know, Armin and them, um, they, they really haven't seen what Aaron has seen as well. So them trying to stop them, they really don't have all the information uh, that Aaron has got with his, you know, future knowledge and stuff. So uh, who's really in the right as well? So that's right. all I was going to say. I, definitely. I never really thought about that, actually. Yeah, Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. And I guess the episode concludes with a big awesome entry of a lot of people before that um they're on the plane trying to devise a plan and aaron uses the power of the paths to basically take all the members of the Eldian marley alliance you know who are on the plane and zap them in there and talk to them to literally tell them there's no talking guys i mean that's armin and Mikasa's plan was we're going to talk to you we're going to try and f- talk this out and he's like nah fam main otaka this is it this is my plan this is my freedom this is my will this is what i'm doing and they also get to the point that aaron didn't take the freedom from his comrades because with with his power he could have just made them all sit by and watch but uh, i thought that that's a really interesting point and it goes into a little further in the next episode but what do you guys think about that
2: um i mean i think the whole reason why he's done that um Uh, is doing what he's doing is for LDNs to be free obviously and to save them. So if he took away their, you know, rights uh, to be free as well, uh, if he made them just do what he wished, then he would be going against what he's trying to do. And I think that would, you know, defeat the purpose of him committing mass genocide. Uh, So what about you, Bess?
0: Yeah. I I really did love that he got to say that because throughout the entire story, he's talked so much about freedom, how he feels like a caged bird living inside those walls. And he knows that his comrades and his fellow Eldians feel that way and have felt that way their entire life. Never a moment of of freedom, very few few moments of peace since the beginning of the show. And he says, I'm taking everybody else's freedom away so we can be free. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that, that that's that little psychopath in him is like, yeah, this this is justified just so my friends can be happy and get old and be free. And he's put so much value on it. And and it was I just think it was good for him to say.
1: I don't really know what else to say about it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then the episode ends where they finally catch up to the rumbling and whatever the hell monster the attack titan founding <laughs> titan has become which is an awesome design honestly in my opinion it is it's terrifying nuts. yes it is it's terrifying dude that like seeing an animated verse what the manga was i was like holy shit
0: right you know? and, and when like when they first showed it like it looks so fragile because it's you know most of it's just a skeleton but i didn't really get the sense of the true sense of scale until they until they were writing and uh, using their EDM gear um, on its back. And it's like, just these pieces of vertebrae and ribs are huge. It's not as fragile as it looked initially to me. And I mean, it was just a great scene,
1: them jumping out of the airship. Oh, yeah, dude. The entrance when Reiner comes in and just chomps his hand and becomes the Colossal Titan and attacks this weird, you know, skeleton-looking Beast Titan thing was just awesome man absolutely awesome i loved that scene like i don't know how you can watch that and be like this is this is an okay episode this is that was (laughs) gas
0: it was pure electric there at the end i was so i was so hyped
2: yeah i'm kind of do y'all think that uh zeke is still in that or you think it's you know purely Aaron at that point
1: um, so kind of what my thought of it at the time was that basically Aaron absorbed the powers of the beast. Titan at that time of when they connected with the founding Titan, similar to how he has the power of the Warhammer Titan and the attack Titan and the okay. founding Titan. I thought it was similar. Like he, he got absorbed is my kind of vibe with it. That's why Aaron can control it in that sense.
2: Yeah. I just yeah. didn't know if like Zeke was still in there somewhere, you know, kind of, I don't know.
0: Is he because they, you know, Levi and... You know the guys on the airship were talking about Zeke, so I was very confused. I, I even tried to research it and yeah. I couldn't find a straight answer
1: for myself.
2: But maybe they don't really know what's going on as well. You know what I mean? So
1: yeah, I think at the time that they true. didn't know what was going on. Okay, um okay. But you kind of get the vibe that it's like, eh, Zeke's yeah, dead. This is just, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I, I, I'm pretty
0: certain of it, which was why I was so confused when they were saying that. But they, you know, it, they have no idea.
2: He's like hanging on like a tree, like, you know, limb off a tree or something like that. So it was kind of, yeah, he's
1: essentially part of the founding Titan at that point. So, yeah, it kind of reminded me of like white Zetsu just kind of like popping out of stuff, morphing out of stuff.
2: Oh, Oh,
0: good. Good call. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So is there Um, anything else you guys want to cover? For this no, episode?
1: I'm, I'm really excited for uh, the finale, dude. That might have to be its own episode at that point. Like, we just have to cut everything out when we get there.
0: <laughs> we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I'm with it. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm ready
1: for it to happen. Kind of We're going to we're gonna have watching. to obviously watch this again before we do that, because yeah. I'm going to watch it like oh, a movie. of course. Yes.
2: Maybe do a little recap or something. I don't know. Most
0: definitely. definitely. I'm with it.
2: Well, uh, if y'all are ready, we'll move on to My Hero.
0: Definitely. Let's get it going. All
2: righty. So, we're going to move on to My Hero Academia, episode 135, titled Friend. Um, I'll read you all a quick summary to get started. As Deku goes off alone in his quest for justice, his classmates realize something is wrong and try to find a way to help him, Uh, which leads us to where we are now. Um, We come into another episode full of dark Deku, and this time we have more heroes retiring. Is it ever going to stop? Uh, so, Bass, let us, let us know which hero retired this time. So,
0: the, uh, the, the next boy um, where his career went the way of the Dodo is uh, Death Arms. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, he resigned, and he actually noted why, and it was because of all the ridicule and criticism he's, receiving, he's been receiving. Um, this, I think this was a big hit to the heroes overall, but, uh, just because even before you had these mass resignations prior to him. He was already a top 50 hero. We had seen him several times throughout the story. And I think this kind of goes back to what uh, all for one said during the episode, you know, he kind of tells Deku that, you know, his path is thorny and his heart will get torn down over time. And I know we probably all saw that coming as far as, you know, the weight of the situation wearing on people. But, you know, I thought that maybe, maybe, a lot of the resignations were over with. Guys, do we have any other characters that we think could, you know, have a lot of, a lot of heavy hearts or people that might resign? Do y'all see anybody else out there that you can think of that might,
1: that might do something like this in such
0: a I, crucial time?
1: I'm not sure of that. You know, I think this was really to signify the effect that this new era they're in is having on the professional hero role. Right. I mean, Death Arms goes right into it. And he's like... You know, 10 congratulations and good jobs because gets outbeat by one boo. And, you know, you see that so much in life where like, say you're whatever, you know, you read the negative comments first and they're the ones that weigh in your mind. And obviously that's what he saw and that's why he did this. So um, I feel like that's just the vibe that a lot of professional heroes are having right now. If it was to come to another hero that were designed, I'm just really not sure because... Who knows at that point? There's so many heroes. Um, right. There really is. Yes. But, uh, but out of the main ones, I don't I can't foresee any of the main, you know, the top three, top 10 guys doing this. I, I, I can't see that happening. But who knows? You know, exactly. Exactly.
2: Um, uh, speaking of like retired heroes, uh, we we learned that they are leaking information to the public. Uh, what do you what do you all think about that?
1: Fucked up, dude.
2: Yeah. Uh, and that's
1: uh, yeah and they talk about it and that's the key reason why they can't tell more people about one for all and deku yeah because they're worried that it's going to get leaked to the media and they did bring up the point too that they're surprised that all for one hasn't said anything about this yet but in the end i think you know that would make it harder for all for one he's always been such a shadowy figure that i think that's not how he wants to go about it man that's 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 not him you know
0: right i'm gonna i'm gonna agree with that um I think if everybody knew, it also helps with coordination between all the heroes to protect Deku. Um, And it just being undercover, a lot of the heroes not even knowing what the, you know, the king on the board is kind of helps his own plot. Uh, What was your thoughts on it,
2: Tyler? I just, I kind of think it's um, messed up because these are the heroes um, that... Uh, they know what's right and wrong, and they know that you know leaking uh, information, like valuable information, uh, to the public. They know that's wrong. So, if you're gonna, you know, retire from being a hero or quit being a hero, uh, that's you. You're basically just flip flopping, like you're you're becoming a villain at that point to some extent. Uh, so why why would you like just go that far? Uh, instead of just retiring and just you know laying low or whatever, so I just don't, right. I just don't see the sense in it. But. And I, yeah. I
0: guess like kind of like to 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 answer your question in, in a way in and kind of what I've thought over the last few episodes here is, I think that that air of being a hero and being above everything and and being able to smile through the pain, I think a lot of heroes had that broken. And maybe now that they're, they're not on the same side as the heroes anymore. So they're resigning and then they're going, you know, they're going ratting, telling people.
2: It's crazy though. The snitches
1: get stitches, man. Yes, yeah. yeah, sir. <laughs>
2: they're going to get got.
1: Uh, you know, on that front too, though, it could look like somebody who retires because of all the ridicule, it could look at to them that it's a means to an end of all of this, you know, shit going on right now. And that if, you know, Deku was, or One for All was acquired by De- or. All for one, it kind of ends this. But at the same time, you'd be going back to that post-All Might, you know, Japan run by crime organizations kind of vibe. So, I don't know. It's a tough look at it, but.
0: Very, very true. Very, very true. Um, I guess, you know, it was weird seeing Deku. in in this, in this way during this episode. And I think the whole episode was kind of like highlight the burden on Deco. Um, we could see that he was beaten down. He was walking hunched over. I mean, he looked like a little freaking gremlin walking (laughs) around in those battered clothes and his hunchback. Um, you know, do you think he could keep going like that? You know, we, we kind of saw some people show up for him, but you know, what, what should, what do you guys think he should do? To kind of like turn around the, the situation he's in not having a lot of energy being beaten down um, feeling alone it seems like and, it, it, and you can kind of tell it's weighing on his mind just by the way he's interacting with people right
1: yeah definitely I mean you see the second user who doesn't have a name I tried to find it <laughs> um, says that he's missing something and you know it is that the second user and the third user were like best friends and he doesn't have that person to lean on in this sense you know he's shunning all might because he doesn't want All Might to have to deal with this burden anymore because he's passed one for all on but he needs somebody that he can rely on and lean on for support and it's it's one of those things where you saw at I mean it goes into the end of the episode but you know he left behind all his friends cuz he wanted to protect them and we'll get into it a little further but um, I think the combination of that and Deku just basically being like terrifying the public because they see he has multiple quirks, which is, you know, oh, my God, do you work for all for one? Yeah. Multiple times. And I think it's all just wearing him down, man. He's, he's like turning away food. Yeah,
0: it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really self-destructive, the path that he's on. Definitely.
2: Yeah. And uh, going back to like your question, uh, is there do do we think anything that is there anything that Deku could do? I don't I don't think so. Um, I don't think Deku can do anything to help himself because that's just that's just who he is. Um, and like Dan said, he, he needs somebody, you know, to uh, that's what he needs. He just needs somebody. He needs uh, somebody to lean on. So,
1: Definitely. But. I guess before we get into that, one of the things is at the very beginning of the episode, uh, Lady Nagent basically reveals that All for One was planning to he had hired multiple people to collect targets and we're not sure exactly what she meant by that are there other people that all for one wants and the only thing i could think of is that i i wasn't sure if he meant multiple targets or if he meant multiple people were going after deku because we saw another hired gun essentially try and take down deku in this episode yeah. and he just puts him in a body bag dude like absolutely just one taps and basically you know puts oh, him right yeah. down complete win instantly
0: i think is what was used yeah um Kind of how Lady uh, Naga said it, it seemed to me like that there were multiple targets. I was thinking maybe they're doing some quirk collection. Um, don't know what quirks they would be going after, but it would have to be things, you know, to aid uh, Shigaraki in, 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 in his battle. So it would, you know, maybe like some, some regenerative things because, you know, his body wasn't in a good state. I'm not really sure, but I think there are multiple hired guns with multiple targets
1: yeah, yeah just, and looking at it from that standpoint too i was kind of surprised if you think about it like that like why do you let Chisaki go with lady najon because frankly his overhaul quirk is so broken yeah it really is yeah, yeah. and i don't I, I don't, we'll I, go don't for
2: it. I don't really think that uh um i don't really think that there's i i thought at first that there was like multiple targets but I don't really think there's multiple target targets now. I think that it's uh multiple hired guns going after Deku,' As like Dan just said, they just passed up overhaul, so and that's why we, right. we all know he was broken, like like his that power was broken, so
1: okay. yeah, I guess the only potential kind of quirks that came to mind that we've seen so far would be Are's rewind quirk, the ability mm-hmm. to basically yes. rewind you know, anything that's happened um, to a person. Uh, Shinzo's brainwashing quirk came to mind because that is so broken. And then eraser heads quirk erasure also came to mind. But then I thought about it and all for one doesn't have eyes. So I don't know how he'd make eye contact <laughs> with anyone.
2: <laughs> you know? Yes, well, unless, yes. unless he's trying to like uh, take over uh, what's his name's body? Shigaraki. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shigaraki. Then he would have eyes. So True.
0: Yeah. Yes, I mean, but if he got a hold of the rewind quirk, I mean, he could go back to prime.
2: I never, I never thought about Erie. Um, that's, that's true. A, that's a good point about Erie.
0: So yeah, and he pretty much has a minion and himself to go do what the, do what he wants to go do.
2: But I, I really think that they're they're just talking about Deku, though. I honestly, so I okay. guess we'll see, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So one of the major parts of this episode is. Uh principal Nezu works with the class one A folks to basically trick um wow well, I'm spacing out right now. Uh Shoto's there, dad. Shoto's oh. dad. Endeavor. Endeavor. There we go. Trick he endeavor. Trick endeavor to come to the high school to basically get confronted oh. <laughs> by the students and uh you know figure out what's going on with Deku, because they know something's going on. Um and one thing that Bakugo brought up that I thought was really interesting is that Deku and All Might being together is kind of destructive because they both have that same mentality. What you guys think about that? You know, is that what your thoughts were on it? Or, you know, because I always looked at All Might as more of the mentor role and supporting Deku. I didn't think he was going to, like, you know, put him in harm's way on purpose, you know?
0: Right. And I don't even think it's All Might putting him in harm's way on purpose. So we kind of saw their relationship dynamic change throughout this show to where Deku would listen to anything that All Might said he would just go do it, right? You know, bow to him, yes, sir, no, sir. Now he's, you know, he hardly looked back when he asked him for food and he said, I got to do this by myself. And I think the reason that it's so destructive, them two just being alone and only communicating, you know, All Might being the only person communicating to Deku is because All Might, had the, you know, the whole world's hopes on his back by himself had the same quirk. And now Deku, you know, if he comes and says, hey, Deku, you need some help. He's not going to listen to that. He's like, your whole thing was it was all you. Yeah, so, that's true.
1: And yeah, said I was gonna say, Deku does mention that he can use all for one at 100, quote unquote, percent with Jin So maybe that is kind of what his, his mindset is at that time, you know? Yeah, but sound hypocritical.
2: And I also think that uh the whole reason why Deku's uh um relationship with All Might changed there at that point was uh back at the mansion. Uh we seen, you know, uh, offer one, uh leave him that message. Uh and I think Deku I think he said uh you're next or something like that. And I think Deku is scared that uh, All Might will get caught in the crossfire and not be able to protect himself i think that deku is trying to push all might away knowing that all might uh don't want to be pushed away he wants to try to help him so definitely i think that's his way of doing it is trying to push him away by saying he don't need him no more he don't need to follow him so
1: definitely Yeah. yeah and during that um I guess, interaction between All Might and Azuku, you know, you kind of see something really interesting in the background. A return of a certain character, potentially. Uh, everybody's favorite hero, killer vigilante, Stain. Mm. Or Stained. sorry. It looks like he was in the background. Um, it's interesting, If you know, do you wonder if he's one of all for one's hired guns or if he has a different, um, I guess, like I reason to be there, you know?
2: uh i mean he could be one of the higher guns i think he i think he might be um uh, you know we've seen him spying on all might and them uh y'all think he's gonna use all might to get to deku seeing that, their relationship
1: between them is what it is so that's a really interesting thing though because stain acknowledges all might as a true hero If you go back to that arc and during that fight with Deku, he also realized that Deku has the same heart as all might and acknowledged him as a hero. So based on his mentality, like I don't think he'd want to hunt down Midoriya, if that makes sense.
2: But you don't think he's changed while he was in prison? The thing is, he doesn't have to change.
0: He could be the same person because he already admired all might for what he is. He wasn't fake he was doing it for the right motivation. Yeah. And he thinks the same of Deku. So I, I actually don't see why he would attack them specifically. Dan well, took the words right out of my mouth. I had the same thought about it. I was, I was really thinking on it because I was very excited to see Stan again.
1: Um, definitely.
0: Gr- cool power, great design, I think. And, um, it was, it was, a, it was, he was a cool add to the show. Um, but yeah, I don't, unless, um, all for One has something over him. He put one of those uh, explosion quirks in him. I, I really don't see him being there with malicious intent.
2: I just don't know what he's there for, though. Um, if he's not there for All for One. But he might
0: be trying to go double agent. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure why he's there, but I just don't
1: think he's he's there with a malicious intent. Definitely. I guess. Yeah, I mean... He- Yeah, we will see. Uh, And the the episode, I mean, we're going to have to see, right? And so the episode kind of finished off. We do do a lot of seeing Uh, (laughs) the episode finished off with Deku coming up against uh, yet another one of these hired guns whose name is Dictator. And basically his quirk lets him take control of people. So this baddie is just throwing poor civilians at Deku to try and beat him. And this is where we kind of came to the climax of the episode, where all of a sudden we see Bakugo just beat the hammer down on Dictator and free all these people, and it looks like we're going to get a little clash between Class One A and Deku to try and bring him back to the, uh, bring him back to who he was. So uh, I'm really excited to see that. Do you guys have any other thoughts on that besides, uh, let's wait and see.
2: Uh, I mean. Normally, uh, normally I think Deku's got it, you know, especially with all his powers and stuff that he's learned to control. But right now Deku's in a bad shape, you know, Deku's in a horrible uh, shape right now. So I don't think he would have it, but honestly, do we actually see Deku fighting his friends? I I don't see that happening. I, 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 I could see Bakugo, you know, beating the shit out of him. But I don't really see Deku fighting his friends, so.
0: I kind of agree with that. Um, I thought it was really cool that they all came because I don't think that was necessary. Uh, Shoto, Bakugo, maybe a couple other people could have showed up and, you know, talked to him because if he's at 100%, they can't overwhelm him. He's, he's, he's so far in front of them right now that it, it would be futile. Um, but them showing up in solidarity and saying, hey, you're, you're going about this the wrong way, I think this is going to turn him. I hope it doesn't come to blows, but, you know, if I had to put money on it with Deku's physical state, I got, I got class 1A on this one. I feel that. Yeah, and, it, and like when Dictator attacked him, I mean, he was falling over before the fight even started. And I think that's pretty cool be, that they put the mask over his face because we can't see, he, we couldn't see his face. We couldn't see how he felt until somebody, one of the random puppets that the Dictator had.
2: Tore it off, yeah
0: tore it off and I mean and then you can see oh he's done he's done he's exhausted his eyes are low and he's like wait you know just give me a moment I'm coming up with a plan <laughs> yeah it no wasn't case. happening he was going yeah. to sleep <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, I, yeah I hope it didn't come uh, to blows but he can't fight him anyway
2: didn't Bakugo or somebody uh, um, say something along the lines uh, you need a smile or something like that where's your smile at or something
1: definitely yeah. yeah basically called him a poser all might at that point because he's yeah. not fighting with a smile on his face
2: yeah <laughs> I, I i think he needed that too so
1: definitely yeah. yeah i'm excited to see where it goes um well everyone we hope you enjoyed today's episode it's not every week we have two of our three shows you know on hiatus but uh <laughs> i'm glad we got a one hour aot episode to kind of fill in that gap if you have any thoughts on it or opinions, uh, make sure to join the Discord. Uh, we have a great discussion going in there weekly. Uh, to Keep up with the DGens. Follow us on all our socials by hitting the link tree in the bio. Thanks again, and make sure to stay degenerate.